You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, this is Katie Harris, and this is another episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Cherie Hill on with us from Tranquility Bookkeeping Services. Uh, Cherie, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so give us a little bit of background about you as a nurse. Um, how did you get started as a nurse? Why did you become a nurse? All that kind of good stuff. Okay, so I've been a nurse for about 19 years now. Awesome. Um, it started, so I started in the Navy and I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to be OB. So the Navy sent me to school and it was really competitive to get into like the medical corps in the Navy. And I got to probably like sophomore, junior year and I had about like a 3.85 and I was like, that's not high enough. Let me figure out something else. So 3.85 uh, out of four is not high enough. <laughs> no, crazy. it was not high enough. <laughs> okay. Very competitive. Um, so I was like, what am I going to do? So I saw that there was a degree for nursing. And to be honest, at that time, I knew not too much about nursing, except for what I saw on TV. Which is never good. (laughs) Right. You're correct. And I'm like, what? I don't know. They get degrees. Like I didn't understand. I didn't know. So I was like, okay, well, you know, if you can't be a doctor, this is what I'm going to do. And I went to school and I realized everything they did, how much you have to learn. It's more than the bedpans and the, you know, yes, doctor, no doctor. And I figured it was, it ended up being the best decision because after being a nurse, working in teaching hospital, working alongside providers, you know, medical providers, we have different thought processes, different way in which we approach the patient. And I was like, okay, this one is really the way I would have wanted to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. so where what you started in a teaching hospital, did you do ICU, floor nursing? Like what kind of nurse? No, I've been women's health the whole time. Oh. So I started in postpartum. Um, as a Navy nurse, we do, we get to do like a, when you go to one of the big three, so Bethesda, San Diego, or Florida, um, you get to do like a rotation, but I always wanted to do L&D. So I did get a chance to experience other units like med surge and cardiology, but I ended up in women's health. So I started with postpartum, then labor and delivery. So I've been doing both of those since. Okay. Um, and how long did you stay in the Navy? I stayed as a Navy nurse for four years, active duty. Then I went reserve. So I did that for a couple, like three or four more years. Okay. And then you went out into, was it hard going out into like the regular... <laughs> hospital system? (laughs) Oh, not really. Um, I did do some work as a civilian in the Navy hospital. And then I did some consulting um, at PwC. The part that was like the most like challenging was travel, like travel nursing, because I worked at a teaching hospital the whole time. So then when you go to the other hospitals that aren't teaching, I'm like, what do I do? You know, yeah, or, so or what the hell are they doing? <laughs> right, right. So that was the biggest transition because you didn't have residents there. So it was a lot more on you, but it was a good experience because you got to learn and had a little bit more autonomy. So now you have your MBA. Like, when did that come up? When, why did you decide to pursue that? Um, I got my MBA immediately, almost immediately after I became a nurse. 
got to my first duty station, I wanted to own, um, I wanted to become a midwife and own a birth center. So I figured I'll get my MBA, learn how to run a business, and this is what I'll do. And that just, that didn't work out for me. I decided that I didn't want to do that, but I did like having the MBA, like the accounting. I actually looked into doing like a long-term daycare for healthcare providers. I was into all kinds of businesses. And then, <laughs> but most of them were centered around healthcare or women's health. And then eventually I just decided that I wanted to help other business owners. So just use my degree to help other business owners. Okay. And that's where the Tranquility booking, Bookkeeping Services came out of? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Then when did you start that? In 2016. 2016. Okay. So you've owned it for quite a while now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so you you went from these ideas, and I did the same thing. I, I, I probably thought of uh, 50 ideas before I, I settled on something, but uh, and some of them were crazy. But um, okay. So how did you uh, decide that bookkeeping was what you needed to do and that you were the person to do it? So when I was getting my MBA, I think that my favorite courses were the accounting ones. Um, I'm a num I've always been a numbers person. So accounting was always like cool to me. So when I had my own businesses, obviously as a business owner, you have to work, do your bookkeeping, you have to do your accounting. So it came naturally to me, number one, because I had the degree already. And then it just became natural. And I guess there was kind of like a little, like a, a, a seed planted in me. Cause when I first started my first business, I wanted someone to look over my books to make sure I was doing everything right. And at that time there were like QuickBook um, advisors and they were making, this was 2008, making like 85 an hour, their own business doing this. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. But it, it was just one of those things. So later on, as I was going through, you know, what do I want to do? I said, oh, I remember accounting was kind of, you know, lucrative. You know, I do want to help other business owners. And I'm like, I think I can do this. So um, that was one of the reasons. And then I chose women's health because um, I'm already a nurse and I already know kind of like what you're going through in your industry. So I spent a lot of time working with health and wellness businesses. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and I can say that numbers uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs is something that they don't like to deal with. <laughs> Have you found that? Yes, yes, yes. And why do you think that is? I think a lot of it is fear. Um, I meet a lot of people who it's not something that you you learn how to do. It's not that's not what we're going to school for. They're not going to teach you to do that. So when you start your business and you think, oh, I'm going to be, you know, a consultant or I'm going to be open a meth spot and that's all I'm going to be doing. And you don't understand the, all the stuff in the background and then it just sits there and you don't know what to do with it. And a lot of people, I feel like especially nurses or healthcare, I work for a lot of them and like we know how to do things. We take charge. We, you know, so to have that something that we can't handle, it might it's a little intimidating and you don't want to tell anybody that you don't know how to handle it. Right. I I meet a lot of people who have shame around money. Yeah, that, I mean that's a huge, a huge uh, I think issue that never gets talking about. Uh, talking, <laughs> so I think it never gets talked about. Um, but and I agree, like I we because we all have our own 
money story and the numbers are so black and white that just kind of like you know it, it they're telling a story of some sort and how you manage money so i'm sure you you've seen a lot of a lot of stuff <laughs> in in doing people's books absolutely um do you have any stories that stand out um of either nightmare stories or you know just crazy stories um about people's books I do. I want to caveat this by these individuals are not alone. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. I had one client who is not healthcare, but still um, hadn't done taxes in six years. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, he bought a business. Business was doing well. Life got in the way, I guess, and just never did them. So I ended up finding him through a cold call. And he just happened to be in the middle of a tax audit um, after COVID states want their money. So they were, the sales tax department was going door to door to businesses, discovered he had vending machines and it just triggered this whole event. So poor gentleman, um, he actually lived close to me so I can actually go to his home office and he bought, you know, QuickBooks and he was going to try to do six years of stuff. Oh my God. Without understanding debits or credits. Um, cost him a lot of money to do it. Throughout that, I saved him some money by making sure his numbers were okay. So I was able to work with the sales audit and actually save him some money. But to try to do six years of stuff in a month without any type of knowledge would have been would have been crazy yeah that would i probably would have gotten himself in deeper <laughs> with the ir i mean I'm, that's amazing that he didn't go to jail that's how they got al capone right like the, you know right. it didn't matter he killed so many people it's like he didn't pay his taxes <laughs> so, exactly. uh, um okay so now you help med spa owners uh specifically on your website uh and i'm sure you help a lot of other people but what is it about med spa owners and, and what is it that they need to know so when I first started this business, that was who I wanted to go after. Um, I know a lot of nurses like myself um, go out and start med spas, and I just wanted to help my people. Um, and then I kind of expanded a little bit, but now I'm going back to refocusing on med spas. All I right. think the biggest thing um, with med spas, as far as accounting and business structure goes, it's the laws, the corporate practice of medicine. and how to properly structure the business. I think that's the biggest thing, making sure um, business owners understand how it's structured. And then from there, the accounting is a little bit nuanced because of this industry and how you have to structure your business. Okay. Um, and I mean, do you end up doing like the nurse business and the physician's bookkeeping or is, are they intertwined somehow? So yeah, so typically if you're RN and you have to do the MSO structure, most of the times your MSO agreement, you are doing the accounting for both businesses, yourself and the and the physician. So I do do both. Okay. Um, okay. And um, and in terms of uh, major issues aside from CPOM, what what do you see uh, med spas doing right or wrong for that matter? I think. It's pretty much outside of the, the business structure. A lot of things are the same. I think um, not met, not looking at your profitability through services. 
um, you definitely want to make sure that you're doing that. Sometimes people will just put everything into one bucket called revenue and you're not seeing, you know, which are your injectables the most profitable or your facials the most profitable? How are your products doing? Are you selling them or are they just sitting on the shelves? Um, so not breaking out their revenue by profitability, not managing the, you know, the cost of goods associated with that. I think um, another thing is sometimes inventory management. Like if we're not tracking our inventory, we don't know how long it's been on the shelves. We don't know if it's time to put them on sale. We don't know if we need to, you know, everyone should probably go out, leave the leave your best buy with something in hand, a product in hand to enhance whatever they got done for the day to maintain them to the next time. So we, we can't manage that if we don't know all of these types of numbers. Yeah, and I'll tell you that the cost of goods sold uh, alone is, um, it's huge. And that's something that my business went through just recently, which I'm embarrassed to say, but um, you know, it was like we would sell something and, um, you know, my operations manager would say, well, how much is this going to cost us? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I had no idea. Like, it could have cost me more to sell it than to yeah, and deliver it than, you know, if I didn't, I could have saved money. Um, right. And it was really disturbing not to be able to answer those questions. And, um, you know, and I like that you say to the revenue by profitability, because you're right, if you throw everything in one lump some like one lump bucket, uh, and you don't know, you could be wasting all your time on something that costs you more to deliver than you're getting and not even realizing it. Absolutely. Um, and in terms of like different services, do you see different med spas? Uh, like what is like one of their highest margin services? Injectables are usually can give you some of the highest margins. I, I have a couple individuals I'm working with, like with pricing. Um, sometimes if your pricing is not right, obviously that will affect your margin. Um, injectables are a lot. When it comes to machines, um, not everyone carries the same ones, but definitely when you want to bring in a laser or a hydrofacial, you definitely need to map out the numbers for that. So I think a lot of your profitability will determine the type of services that you're that you're providing. Um, injectables or fillers are easy and can make you a lot of profit. But when it comes to the machines, every business has a different one. So I have people with hydrofacials, cool sculpting. It's, it's going to be a little bit different. Okay. So, I mean, you're way more than just bookkeeping services. This is like, <laughs> this is like consulting, right? Well, essentially um, doing some advisory as well. Right. Um, yeah, because that's huge because, I mean, just even getting your books done, I mean, people might be getting their books done improperly, but to have somebody talk you through the stories that the numbers are telling, uh, I think is it's a really, really valuable service. Of course. Yeah. So when you're thinking about, you know, like bringing somebody on, you definitely want someone that actually understands the industry and then they can talk to you about things like this. Like a lot of my clients like that I know what some of this stuff means and I speak their language. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Uh, so can you just tell everybody um, the difference kind of between bookkeeping, accounting, and maybe even fractional CFO, or not even fractional, but CFO, uh, financial officers, uh, because it sounds like you're kind of almost doing all three of them in the services that you're you're delivering here. Right. So depending on if I talk to someone, what they want to do. So bookkeeping is essentially like compliance stuff. 
just making sure all all your transactions are categorized um, properly. At the end of the month, you want to make sure that all everything that's in your accounting software or your spreadsheet, whatever you're using, matches the bank statement. So just very compliant stuff. Sometimes that might be payroll, sometimes that might be sales tax, but it's just the daily numbers and making sure everything goes in its buckets. Accounting can be a little bit more than that. You're going to you're still going to have that. There might be some budgeting to that. Um, payroll definitely kind of a little bit talking about the numbers. I think anybody that's doing your accounting should help you a little bit <laughs> with your numbers. Um, so it's just a little bit of a step up. And then your CFO services are definitely the advisory services. So we're talking, you know, cash flow projections, um, KPIs, key performance indicators, monitoring that, giving you that advice. Like, hey, you know, this is why your expenses are creeping up, or I noticed that your inventory is not moving, or, you know, less, why is it not moving, you know? Are your people offering something every, you know, every time, or you bought too much, you know, stop buying six months worth of inventory, you know, <laughs> like you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, what would you say to like the, the startup or the small business owner? Because this uh, this expense, even though I would disagree with the statement, uh, feels like a luxury that you could just do it yourself. Uh, what do you say to people that might say that or who are actually doing it and, and possibly making a mess of their numbers? <laughs> Um, I think when people tell me my books are simple, I, <laughs> I kind of smile um, because it, it, it tends to not be. I think I wouldn't consider it a luxury. There are different levels to this accounting. If you're just starting, I definitely um, think people should just get have a consult at the least. Have someone help you set up the books, give you some sort of training. Like I said, when whether you're physician owned or nurse practitioner owned or that MSO structure, things get a little bit more difficult um, and you don't want to get yourself in trouble because you need to maintain that compliance. But there's ways to access someone without necessarily doing the full CFO. You can graduate to that, but you definitely should at least start with a consult. If you're going to consult a inter, you know, an attorney to set up your business, you can consult an accountant just to make sure you know, what's the right accounting software? Do I even really need it right this second? Can you set it up for me? Can you just show me what to do? Um, there's different types of services, monthly, quarterly, maybe even the year review. But I think everybody should put that into their budget, their startup budget, when they're beginning to think about starting a business. Yeah, and especially because we have a lot of IV hydration nurses as well, plus the med spa owners. And there's a lot of inventory that they have to deal with, uh, a lot of moving pieces. And I just can't, I mean, for my, the first couple of years of my business, I could just use an Excel spreadsheet and it was fine. And I could track all the expenses, which most, most of it was expenses instead of income, but, uh, but for IV hydration and med spa, like off the bat, I mean, it's a yeah. lot. Because you have, you know, you have your back bar, you have your retail sales. So having a spreadsheet might not be the best. It will probably get confusing really quick. Um, so definitely having someone at least get you set up. Um, having a good practice management software or POS system can also be helpful if you can't use you know, an accountant right then, because if you optimize that, it can help you with inventory tracking. It can you know, have reports that you can use if you can't find someone to help you right away. So how easy is it to set up and manage something like, I don't know, QuickBooks by yourself? Do you, I mean, you still have to understand accounting principles to do it, right? 
yes, no matter what they say or what they advertise, <laughs> it is not that simple. Because even someone like myself, I can go from QuickBooks to, to zero and then I get a wave is supposed to be easy. It was mind blowing to me. I was like, I don't know what's happening in this software. <laughs> yeah. so it's a tool. And if you don't understand the tool or you don't understand how to use the tool, it does nothing for you. Um, I would say definitely get someone to help you. Um, the chart of accounts for one business is going to be different for another. So they all come with a general, but you still want it customized to your industry. Otherwise, it's not going to tell you anything you want to know. Right. And like I said before, it's the numbers that really can tell a story. You know, it's time to expand. It's time to contract. It's time to get rid of this service. It's time to, you know, really double down on this service. Uh, and if you're right, if it's not set up right and, and you know, QuickBooks and all those things, like you said, are a tool. And, but if you don't know how to use the tool, then they're just, it's frustrating. And the, and the guy, your client, I can't even imagine trying to, you know, having the IRS banging on my door and trying to figure out how to set up QuickBooks. <laughs> like, that sounds right. like a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, yeah, six years worth, thousands of transactions, it would have... Yeah. I actually got audited uh, pretty early in my... Um, my business, I want to say like year one or year two, because I, I guess I submitted some questionable expenses. Um, but uh, I had to go back. And this was just one year and explain every receipt. And I was like, I don't freaking know. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, just forget it. I'll pay the penalty because I cannot do this. So it's, so, um, it, it's huge. I did move to, um, I moved from an Excel spreadsheet to a company called Bench and uh, Bench is just bookkeepers. And that's, that's all they do is you give them the numbers and they, they categorize them and, and, but you know, it still wasn't explaining anything to me. They're just numbers. And you're like, okay, great. Um, but, and I think that's where your accountant and your CFO uh, or consultant come in and can really provide invaluable assistance to the business. Right. Um, I think also like with Bench, they have their own special software too. So like if you ever needed to discontinue services, it's not much detail you can take with you versus even if you work with myself or someone else and maybe a year, two years down the road, we're growing or we need to separate, you can take your file with you. Right. Also. Yeah, I did. Um, I did end up getting uh, an accountant who does my bookkeeping, um, or his team does the bookkeeping. Uh, but you know, I lost. I had legacy pricing with Bench at the time; they were 125, and I thought that was really expensive. But now they're like <laughs> 350, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, even that for 350 a month or 500 dollars a month for that matter, if you're getting accounting advice and your bookkeeping done, and it's helping you understand your business and where you're profitable, where you're not, like it's worth it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. So, um, what do you see, uh, yourself doing in the future in like the next three to five years? Do you see this growing bigger, expanding? Are you happy with, uh, with the, the number of clientele that you have now, or what are you looking to do? I'm definitely looking to expand. Um, I want to help as many med spot owners as I can. So three to five years, I, I do have a small team, um, but I am just looking to probably add additional people, focus and specialize, learn more about the industry, get more and more well-versed so that I can actually provide good value to the clients. 
Well, I love it. And, uh, you know, we'll have to invite you into, um, you know, our group. I mean, we have IV hydration owners, but um, I think this would be right up their alley. This is something that uh, they're going to need as well with med spa owners. I would love to do that. Awesome. All right, Cherie. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Thank you for having me again. It was cool. It was very fun. Uh, before we go, just let everybody know where they can uh, find you. Yes. So you can find me at www.sheriehill.com. I'm also on Instagram at Small Biz Bookkeeper, and I'm on TikTok also at Small Biz Bookkeeper. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.